This is the Rappaport Diamond Podcast. I'm Joshua Friedman, Senior News Reporter at Rappaport. And this is a special episode of the podcast as I'm joined by two colleagues and friends from the Young Diamond Tears group. A group, as the name suggests, of uh, under 40s, under 45s, I think it's a bit undefined. But what matters is that it's, is that it's the next generation, the young generation of diamond dealers, diamond manufacturers, retailers. And, and it was set up a few years ago by the World Federation of Diamond Bosses to ensure continuity in the industry. So we have with us, and um, I hope I get this right, Kiele Bucha Pule, better known just as Lebo, a uh, diamond manufacturer and supplier of polished diamonds and jewelry based in Johannesburg, South Africa. Hi, Lebo. How are you, Josh? You got the name right. Thank you so much. Excellent. Great to have you today. And Chris Schöffel, a, a, a diamond jewelry retailer from Germany. Hi, Chris. Hi, Joshua. Always nice to, to talk to you. Likewise. So uh, the Young Diamond Tears, you, uh, you have hundreds of members now, and I believe it's steadily developing from being essentially a big WhatsApp group into a, a serious organization with committees, a registration website, an online networking page for people to do business with each other. Uh, and there was also a special trip to a, a mine in mm-hmm. South Africa last year that we all went on, and that hopefully we'll talk about later. And uh, I think there are plans for more of those. Um, and this is all with the aim of supporting younger people in the industry and, and exploring ways of attracting consumers to diamonds. So uh, uh, let's start with you, Lebo. Um, wh- what is your business and what is your role at Young Diamond Tears? My, my business name is Nungu Diamonds. We're based in South Africa in Johannesburg. What we do is we buy rough diamonds, we cut and polish them, and we, we trade some polished in the market. But in the past 12 months to 18 months, we specifically been focusing on the end user. So we've been making bespoke jewelry, but bespoke jewelry with a very strong diamond narrative because we're very big on the provenance of diamonds, telling diamond stories, and emphasizing the positive at the source where diamonds come from. So when our clients come to see us, we sit down with them, we show them a number of diamonds, we tell them where they come from, and we take them on a journey where they choose a diamond that whose story they know, and we make bespoke jewelry for them which is a very interesting space. Uh, but like I say, we, we are still somewhat in the, in, the, in the trade where we trade polished diamonds and we trade some rough as well. Mm. And what's your role at the Young Diamond Tears? So in the Young Diamond Tears, I mean, we, we, have, we, we, we have multiple roles. You know, we, 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 I, I, I am funny enough, in 2016, when Young Diamond Tears was founded, I was in Dubai as well. I was part of the, the founding members, if you could call them that. And in the past, what we've done is we've had multiple roles. I, I played a part in the trip to Venetia and coordinating with DBS in South Africa. I'm in the marketing committee as well. And at times when I'm needed to play, different roles were always available. So we're a very flexible bunch in the Young Diamond Tears where whatever you needed, you know, you can plug a hole. And uh, right, Chris, and you have, you have stores in Augsburg and, and Munich, is that right? Correct, correct. Uh, we're, we're located in, uh, in uh, Bavaria, so... so for those who don't know, that's uh, the sub, uh, southern state in Germany. Um, I come from a classic uh, jewelry background. The designer, designer diamonds. Design, correct. Yeah, the company name is Designer Diamonds. My parents started exactly this year, 30 years ago, and since about wow. 15 years, I have been in there too. But I have training. I'm an optometrist, so so I got to diamonds a little little differently than than most most uh, who come from the classical diamond trade. But uh, I, I enjoyed optometry, but I really found my passion in diamonds. Yeah. So 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 that that's basically how 
Adran. I, I live here uh, with my family, two children. I'm th- since yesterday. I'm 38 years old. Yeah, married, happily married, of course, and uh, you know, just uh, enjoy doing doing about everything in our family business you can can imagine. Happy birthday for yesterday, Chris. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, uh, Happy birthday, I my friend. You... <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my, I get um, I get older, but my. Chris, my uh, yeah. <laughs> No, carry on. I just want to say I get older. I'm 38 now, but most of my friends say I look like 36, so I'm holding myself well. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> it must be the beer. <laughs> it must be the beer. Yeah, <laughs> we Bavarians are big on beer. <laughs> Leva, you had a birthday last week too, yeah? Yes, uh, yes, I did. Yes, I did, George. I was turning 33. I'm still a young man. I I have a beautiful daughter. I didn't talk about her. She's the love of my life. Well, my wife is wonderful but my daughter is like a special gift so i have i have one daughter i'm happily married such as what chris is saying and yeah life is exciting well uh, at least uh, the good news is that all three of us qualify for for young diamond hairs at least as the uh, at least in terms of age so so chris i wanted to ask about how the the young diamond hairs can help people in the diamond trade how can people benefit from what the diamond the young diamond hairs does it, there, there's so many things that you know, it's hard to put it put in one thing. But you know, just just uh, imagine one thing: you're you're a young person, you're starting out the diamond trade. All of your colleagues around you are are well known in the industry, or you know, been working for a couple of years, and you have basically no idea what to do. So, so joining a group like the Young Time Dears gives you access to people who are like-minded, and you can um, you know tap into that knowledge and tap into uh, tap into networking and stuff like that. Also, you know, uh, I, 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 I recently had, had a chat with a, with a girl from South Africa. Uh, she, she needed to export something to, to European Union. Yeah. And, and so, you know, she knew I was in the group and, 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 you know, something she might have to research or call a custom office that would take a day or two. Uh, we were able to figure out in, in a half hour or something. Yeah. So, so it's, it's a lot of helping each other. And, and there, and since people are young, there's a lot of dynamic in there as well. Um, especially with COVID, it gave a lot of support because, you know, you always heard what's going on in other parts of the world. How were you able to cope with that? What good ideas were in that situation? What can you maybe implement in your region in that idea? And, and we did celebrate the one or other birthday on Zoom, right, Lebo? Yeah, we did. Yes, we did. It was fantastic. <laughs> So, so, so we are we are not just about business. It's also about the human uh, connection that 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 makes us, I, I think, a great, fantastic group. Yeah, right. And that, there's this new uh, this this new uh, networking page uh, on the on the new Young Diamonds website mm-hmm. that seems quite interesting. It's an opportunity to 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 say who you are, to to have a profile of who you are, and then potentially to trade with each other. Mm, correct. Um, so th- this really has potential as being a. A, a, a pool of, of people who they have something in common and they can help each other. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we our our our, uh, our main focus is not uh, you know being a, a a business buy sell group if you put it that way, but uh, business of course is encouraged. You know, mm. uh, if if you're looking for something specific, you know you can find out within a couple of minutes on the website or through personal connections who has that, who can help you out, and and you know uh, and and of course get the goods you need for the customer you have. Right. Pule is a a, a, um, a a diamond manufacturer, uh, a dealer. Uh, you're right in the heart of the of the diamond industry. How how would you say that young people view the diamond industry? I mean, it's uh, obviously it has a perception of being quite old fashioned, uh, yeah. dominated generally by older people. Uh, how how do you view it, and how's your perspective different from uh, from the previous generation? I, I, th- I think interestingly for me, Josh, 
I, I, I'm the, I'm, I'm the first generation. So in the, in the diamond trade in my family, I, I, there hasn't been anyone else in my family who's been in the diamond business. I've only been in the business now for eight, eight years. So I, I, I didn't come in with any preconceptions. I, I'm, I'm somewhat untainted by what is common, what is common in the diamond industry. So I, 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 th I think coming in and, and seeing how things are done, you, you know, you, you, you realize that there's an established way of doing things. And oftentimes, an established way of doing things that was established by people who may not be in the loop in terms of how things are done today. Just as, as an example, today, social media is very critical in terms of how we sell, how we communicate. Oftentimes, we find that the people who are part of the establishment, if I could call them that, aren't necessarily keen on using social media in terms of promoting their businesses. So, so the, there is that, there is that difference, but I was fortunate to come in and not necessarily come from a place where things were done in a certain way, traditionally, essentially. What, 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 what I've found in, in my experience in the diamond trade is that it's, it's often difficult to, em to embrace the new, mainly because most of the guys who are in the trade are much older than, than myself. Maybe some of them are in their sixties and later in, in life. And, 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 and what, what, what difficulty comes in is embracing the new way of doing things. Like, as I mentioned in terms of just how we market our businesses on social media, marketing to today's consumer of diamonds, uh, is something that over time, and I think Young Diamond TS is a very critical, uh, role player in the diamond trade today in that we are coming in to introduce to the trade, to the establishment, how things are done today, what is relevant today, and what should take the industry into the future. And this is what is also exciting about Young Diamond Tears, a group of young people with fresh ideas who are looking to take the industry forward. And, and we, we, we are, we've been fortunate to see a, a, a high level of acceptance of the Young Diamond Tears in the diamond industry as a whole. And we look forward to playing you know, a greater role moving forward in just taking the industry into the future. Right. The the starting point of the Young Diamond Tears uh, level was yeah. the uh, was the, the World Fe the World Diamond uh, the World Federation of Diamond Balls. Did you see it as a, a a way into the higher echelons there? I mean, could it could it be that the people we see in the Young Diamond Tears now will be running the WFDB in 10, 20 years time? I would answer that question by saying absolutely, Josh. I think for for the for the sustainability of the diamond industry, that is something that ought to happen. And, and I think more so now than before, uh, you know, members of the Young Diamond Tears must begin to play a role in the decision-making bodies within the diamond industry so that we begin to inform the establishment of what the future of the diamond industry should look like. And this is not just from a marketing perspective, as I mentioned earlier on in terms of social media, but in terms of we are to, to, today people our age are the diamond consumers of today. Now I, I'm, I'm more likely to be able to, to, to have a meeting point in terms of how we think with today's consumer other than somebody much older. So in fact, what I, what I believe is that we are a necessity today in terms of playing a role in the decision making bodies around the world in, in terms of the diamond industry in general. Uh, if I, if I may add, Ch Joshua. 
Oh, I just want—I just wanted to add that uh, that to the if the, if we are you know up in the higher echelons as as you said. I think when it started out, it it wasn't uh, perce- perceived like that. But the, at, mm. after last World Diamond Congress that we had in September, I think uh, through our presentation there, if I think I think also Chasha, you were part of it, watching in the in the audience, is that is that we did make an impact and that uh, the higher echelons, as we call them, uh, did notice. Okay, listen, there are young dynamic people that have love and passion for this industry and that will be you know one day 50 60 years old mm-hmm. and uh in, in the age of what the wfdb is now uh just that that we might be able you know to really say you know what in 20 years from now we are we're looking forward in, to these positions because uh right we're, we're, we're living in the now and not in the past right mm-hmm. so chris if you could describe where you would like to see the diamond industry in 20 years time what what what, what would it look like i mean what what institutions would there be how would things look differently? Different from they how they do now. Well, I, I, well let's say like this. It, 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 pro- it probably it probably depends on how how good the diamond industry plays itself. Yeah, we have the Natural Diamond Council working on on it at the moment. We have uh, you know large retailers uh, that that do end consumer marketing. And as long as uh, as long as we we keep the the public, the end consumers interested in the in in, in the in the love and passion, and of course the product of diamonds, I, I see a good future. Yeah, uh, Martin Rappaport, uh, your boss, more or less. <laughs> I was fortunate enough to watch one of his uh, presentations in Antwerp uh, at the at the anniversary of the King. He said he said one thing we do have uh, going for us is that uh, diamonds or engagement rings or wedding rings is a social contract that has been around for a thousand years. Yeah, mm. or two thousand or three thousand. No matter which culture, religion, the continent you're from, love, uh, engagement. Wedding is something that has been around for a long time and will probably still be around for a long time. It may be in different forms. You know, we see we see marriage uh, and 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 family uh, uh, structures changing, of course. But the basic idea, I think, I think we can look we look we can look pretty bright in the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so as long as long as we don't screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Right. See, uh, Chris, you, you um, in in your interactions with with consumers. Um, and your source, what's their view on the whole issue of, of providence and responsible sourcing? Because it's obviously something that one hears about a lot. Um, do you feel that young consumers really care? Do they, do, they, do they come to you with certain expectations about knowing the history of the stone or knowing that it was responsibly sourced? Well, it's, um, let's say the majority comes with an expectation towards me, the jeweler. Yeah? They, they, they more rely on me the jeweler they uh, or, or uh, to say okay do you know where your do you know where your merchandise comes from do you know where this diamond was was uh, produced do you know that it comes from a non-blood source does it did it go through the kimberly process like that and you know that's something where every jeweler probably has to do a homework is you know to work with their suppliers a little more and say hey do you, do you know if these are 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 south african goods or canadian goods or uh, do do you know uh, when they were mined or where they were mined you know it, the consumers are not I, I, from from my perspective the way i've been interacting they're not so much focused on on where exactly which mine the diamond came from yeah, they they more they more want to know is is it really going on in the background? Are are are, are individuals uh, looking afterwards where where the goods are coming from? And at the end of the day, they don't buy they don't buy from uh, from 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 uh, from from a, from a place or anything. They buy from Chris. Yeah. Mm. So if Chris uh, does uh, does his mm. homework and Chris uh, says, you know what, 
I, I did it. I looked at it. I'm a board member in Antwerp. So, so as a retail trader, I'm one of the few there that also, you know, can look at the things a little more finely. Uh, then, then they also say, okay, I have trust in this guy. And that's why I buy this diamond from him. Yeah. And, and so, so yeah, provenance is, is an issue. Of course, you're always going to have the people who come in and say, I want a Canadian diamond, for instance. But, uh, but, uh, it's, it's not the masses. Yeah. More, mm-hmm. the masses more want to hear from you that you're doing your homework and you're making sure that wherever you get your merchandise from is, is, is fair trade or, or, you know, uh, at least, uh, uh clean, if you put it that way. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so Chris, this, this, uh, brings, uh, brings us on to the next thing I wanted to, to talk about, which is the, the trip to the Venetia diamond mine in, in, uh, in South Africa that all three of us went on last September, organized, uh, by, by De Beers, which, uh, which owns that mine. And I, I certainly learned uh, some important things from, uh, from that trip, one of them being that the Limpopo province in South Africa is, is stunning, and I'd go back tomorrow <laughs> if I could. Um, and and number two, that, uh, uh, number two, that uh, mining diamonds is very, very complex and sensitive. And these days, you're not, you're not expected just to dig up stones from the ground, which is extremely expensive. But also, but also ensure 100% safety, look after your workers, support the local communities, and of course, make the physical environment nice again once you finish digging up diamonds, and rather than just leaving a big ugly hole in the ground. So, um, Correct, yeah. Uh, yeah. Le- 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 what, what, um, what did you learn from the trip? Because I, I believe that the trip was originally, um, it was originally your idea. Thank you so much, George, for, for the... For, for giving me that much credit about the trip. It, it was, I, I, I would say the, the, the trip was an idea that was cultivated again. Young Diamond Tears on, on our WhatsApp group. We had a conversation about provenance and we decided we have to not just be talking about it, but we, we have to see what happens at the source. And, and when, when, when I approached DBS to say, let's have a conversation about potentially going to Venetia, they were more than happy to say, Invite young people from around the world that are part of the Young Diamond Tears and let's, let's go see Limpopo. And for me, it was my first time at a mine. And this is speaking as a person who lives in South Africa. And, and, and that, the, the experience was, was a mind blowing one to see that the people whose lives are positively impacted by diamond mining and, and the, the entire diamond value chain. And, 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 and it was, it was important. I felt that other people from other parts of the world get to experience this amazing trip, which we had. I mean, we, it wasn't just about going to the mine, but it was about the entire experience. So the road trip going there and, and seeing South Africa in that way and, and, and going to the game lodge when we were done. And, and all of that, when you go back, like what, what Chris did, you know, when you go back to Germany and you've experienced South Africa in that way, your perception of where diamonds come from completely changed and 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 it, it is it is informed by fact you know you're not just seeing a video that dbs has produced that shows a school being built you actually went to the school and you got to see it so for me it was it was life-changing it was incredible spending time with other young people from around the world who were in the diamond industry as well we got to share experiences and and we, we got to decide that these stories are worth telling and they're not just stories you know for the sake of you know, you're not just telling them for the sake of telling them. You're, you're, you're trying to show how diamonds ought to be viewed in relation particularly to the continent of Africa, where the perception has always been blood diamonds, Sierra Leone, Leonardo DiCaprio, the movie ruined the perception of diamonds. Whereas in truth, 
there's been a lot of improvement in terms of how diamonds are mined and what happens at the source. And this is what we got to experience. So it was it was a life changing experience. And and like you, Joshua, I I I could do it again tomorrow. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> so, so while we were there, we visited the uh, the you mentioned the the Renaissance Secondary yeah. School in the, in Messina, uh, which is not far at all from the, from the mine. And the young diamantes are are still w- working on on doing some fundraising for that. If I if I understand correctly, yes. um, Correct, how's yeah. uh, how's that going? It's moving. <laughs> It's moving. What's important, I think everyone who has done a fundraising before knows that these things are not a sprint. They're a marathon. Mm. So, so if you say, hey, we're going to have the funds you know, in two weeks, uh, especially in the amount we're going for, uh, which is uh, about 350,000 US dollars, you know, this is something you're not going to be doing overnight. Yeah. Um, but we were, but we were already, uh, able to raise roughly, uh, um, $30,000 of that amount already. And, uh, we, we have a lot of, um, big companies that are lined up who would like to help us. If you are a larger company listening and would like to contribute to our cause, please go ahead and contact us, contact us at YDTS.org. I would really love Absolutely. <laughs> and, Absolutely. We, and we can get, and we can get this project done. But yeah, we're, 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 we're in the middle of the whole thing yet. And, uh, thankfully it's moving. And, and, and just, just to add to what Chris is saying, it's, it's, it's a, it's a passion project for, for the young diamond tears. I mean, we saw, we saw a need and, and we, we want to respond and respond positively. And we want to show that we're, we're not just talking about diamonds doing good. We also want to play a part in ensuring that, that, that diamonds do good at the source and not just at the source. In fact, wherever diamond trading happens, there are many other companies around the world that donate to, to to fundraising initiatives and we want to invite like what Chris is saying now, whoever else is listening to, to back us on this. It's going to be exciting to see this this kitchen being built, you know? And one of the things that we were talking about was how, how fantastic Chris would it be to see people within uh Musina where the school is being employed uh in the in the in the in the in the building process. Uh, suppliers around Musina being the ones that are, that are supplying us with the items that we will need as we're building. So it's not just about, you know, the kids benefiting from the kitchen. It's about the entire community yet again seeing value from diamonds being mined in their backyard. And that, and that you can say that right. kind of. And the context is that this, uh, and that the context is that, is, is that this, this school is, is, uh, so to speak, in the shadow of 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 the of the Venetian mine, and mm. it's one of the one of the schools that De Beers support yeah. in, in the area. Yeah, correct. Uh, we 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 went there, and and we found out it wasn't just one school that the uh, De Beers company built for this region. It was, mm. I think, nineteen schools. Yeah. So so you know that this is also a big project. You know, making sure nineteen schools are running the whole time. Mm. And um, what we, what we, what, what you know, when it came down, uh, Labour was saying it before with you know Leonardo DiCaprio and the whole Blood Diamond movie and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, a lot of times you hear arguments, especially coming you know from the far right, uh, uh, lab-grown diamond producers saying you know there it's it's uh, it, it it steals resources. There's child labour involved and all this stuff. But mm. but the but the truth is uh, there's no child labour involved. No. There there's there we we build we build. Uh, we built the schools or De Beers builds the schools for the children of the laborers, you know, for the miners. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so there's a lot, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot good done with, with a lot of people and especially also a lot of diamond dealers uh, forget uh, is that 
is that we're not just dealing in a, in a commodity here. Mm. Yeah? We're dealing in something that affects the lives of so many uh, from the time it comes out of the, the ground and the miner who gets paid through this to the jewelry store who sells it to the end consumer, maybe for a fantastic engagement ring mm. where she's going to get uh, get a proposal for. Um, you know, these are emotions uh, mm. that come with a diamond that, that go in all, all spectrums of life and that are a lot of times sadly forgotten, let's say yeah. yeah, but I, that's also what the young diamond tears are here for. Absolutely. To bring this story back to life. Yeah, so we want to tell this story again, and and I think we're on a on a good path for this. We absolutely are. Right, Chris, Chris, you um, you're obviously based in in Germany, right, in the middle mm-hmm. of Europe, which has um has uh has, has seen a few difficult weeks in 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 terms of uh, mm. the spread of the of the coronavirus, and there's been some uh, some lockdowns in the region. Uh, how how would you say how have you seen that affect uh, how have you seen that affect uh, consumer sales um, in the last few the last few weeks? It it's it's a it's an oddity that has been going on. Um, you don't necessarily see more sales, but you do see higher value sales. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my theory behind it is that that people have le- have more money to spend on uh, items like these compared to you know going on vacation, uh, mm-hmm. traveling, uh, which is usually very expensive and. You just can't do it at the moment. So, you know, you're like, instead of, instead of uh, buying two plane tickets to Bali and doing a proposal there, you just buy a larger, <laughs> a larger yeah, diamond for the engagement ring <laughs> <laughs> really and, and spend it, spend it on that. Yeah. So, so, so at the moment, I, I can't really complain. It, you know, it always can be better, but it's not going terribly bad for us. Um, and if I talk to a lot of uh, retail jewelers from around the world, I have good connections to so they basically tell me the same. Uh, we don't know, however, how is this going to be in a year from now? That's going to be the big question. Are we all mm-hmm. still going to be doing doing well like now, or will the economy and everything crash? That's that's the big big uh, question in the room. And and Leo, I read that you uh, your sales grew sixty percent during the lockdown. Is that true? I, I I keep I keep trying to to create context every time I answer this question to say so during the the lockdown period, the hard lockdown period, we had no sales. Every, every other business was on lockdown. So we weren't selling anything. But as of the beginning of June, when, when we got, when we went to level four in South Africa, which is the, the relaxed regulations, we, we saw an increase, an increase in our sales. And, and this was as a result of the marketing that we had done prior to the hard lockdown. And, and, and I, and I think in just tying everything together to say, you know, when, 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 when people are stuck in their homes, not able to go anywhere, they're, they're on their phones and they're watching TV. If the content that they're seeing is such that we're talking about diamonds in a positive light, we're promoting diamonds, we're intentionally marketing diamonds as an alternative to traveling because we're going through a lockdown, nobody's able to travel, people are most likely going to buy diamonds. And this is what has increased our sales. We've been very active on social media. We took part in a, in a, in a very big wedding special in South Africa, that that what happened there was we were presenting these diamonds to this couple. And, and, and this, this got a lot of airtime on television. And, and it speaks about the value of marketing and how it is that we can achieve high sales in the diamond industry in general. And marketing is everything. You know, it, it, it doesn't just happen in a vacuum. There had to be effort put in before. So, so in answering your question, yes, we had an increased amount of sales as a result of the marketing efforts that we put into to how we do business. Right. Um, great. 
Uh, Chris, final question for you. What is the future for, or then what's the next stage for Young Diamond Tears? What, what do you plan to do next um, to pursue the, uh, the, the organization's goals? Well, to, to answer it short, a lot. <laughs> we have a lot. We have a lot going on. Uh, we had so many plans for this year. Like, like we started doing uh, cool physical meetups. Uh, so in Antwerp, we had a New Year's de- get together where we had a beer tour around the city. Uh, then we started off with a one month, uh, one, one time a month breakfast at, at, uh, at one of the uh, bourses in, in Antwerp. Uh, we had events planned in India, uh, the United States uh, for get togethers and stuff like that. Um, we're, we're growing in members. We're signing up new members almost every day. Uh, uh, fantastic people coming into the group, uh, all with passion for the diamond industry. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna be adding new, a new Facebook group as well for, to make it easier for, for, for the amount of members that are joining and, um, and, you know, keep on, keep on doing good things. Uh, that, that kind of sums it up. So, so, so we, we still have a lot of things to do. Yeah. We're not, we're not finished yet. We're definitely at the beginning stages, not, not at the end. Great. And, and Lebo, any, Lebo, any, uh, any final points to add? We, like what, what Chris is saying, we, there's, there's a lot to be done. And the, the building the, the kitchen in, in, in Venetia at the Renaissance School is just one of many projects that we'll be embarking on around the world in order to add content to Diamonds Doing Good. There has to be substance to it. And the, the, this, this is just one of many projects that we'll follow next. Great. Well, uh, thank you, uh, Lebo and Chris, for, for joining us on the Rappaport Diamond podcast. Um, thank you. Good luck with your efforts. And uh, it's been a really, uh, really fascinating episode of the, of the podcast. Thank you so much. Fantastic. Thank you so thank much, you, Joshua, for this opportunity. Thank you very much. 